I V M. Hi, I'm Utsav, a behavior researcher by training and a slow traveler by passion. Postcards from Nowhere is a travel podcast where I condense a decade of travel experiences and explore not just the where but also the why and how to travel. My stories emerge from slow traveling the less explored parts of the world: Bosnia and Herzegovina, Armenia, Uzbekistan, and even China. At the end of each story, I give practical tips and new ideas about how to travel better. This week, in the ninth episode of the series Ireland Untraveled, we discover the story of the decades-long conflict in Northern Ireland, the Troubles, its worldwide cultural impact, and the ability of art to heal us. 12:25 p.m. 20th March 1993 The small town of Warrington near Liverpool northwest England saw its peace shattered colored by the blood of innocence two bombs exploded on Bridge Street in Warrington about 90 meters apart the blasts happened within a minute of each other shoppers fled from the first explosion into the path of the second the bombs were hidden in cast iron litter boxes which created a large amount of shrapnel around the same time a young alternative rock band was touring england they passed through warrington and the band's lead singer dolores o'riordan was so moved by the bombings that she felt the need to write a song for the bombs had claimed two lives 3 year old jonathan ball died at the scene He had been in town with his babysitter shopping for a mother's day card. The second victim was 12 year old Tim Parry who was out to buy a pair of football shorts having joined his school's football team at Great Sankey High School. In a moment of inspired passion O'Riordan began writing the song essentially her stream of consciousness. While they were still touring she wrote the core chords on her acoustic guitar. She returned to her home country and continued to write the song after returning to her apartment after a night out. But the song was not just a reaction to a human tragedy. The Irish Republican Army took the responsibility for the bombs. And this triggered O'Riordan because she was Irish. So no wonder the lyrics went. Another head hangs lowly. Child is slowly taken. And the violence caused such silence. who are we mistaken but you see it's not me it's not my family but you see it's not me it's not my family in your head in your head they are fighting with their tanks and their bombs and their bombs and their guns in your head in your head they are crying in your head in your head zombie 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 The song went on to become an international sensation and remains the most popular song of the Irish band The Cranberries. If you grew up in India in the 90s and the early 2000s, it was very likely that you encountered the song in your college and hostels. But what most of us did not realize then was that this song wasn't about an isolated bombing. It was part of the larger ethno-nationalist conflict in Northern Ireland that lasted about 30 years from the late 1960s to 1998. in total about 3500 people lost their lives it came to be known as the troubles there were four basic elements in the northern ireland equation 
first were the Protestants, who made up roughly two-thirds of the population of a million and a half. The vast majority of Protestants were Unionists, who supported Northern Ireland's links with the British. Catholics made up one-third of the population, but they did not see themselves as British, but as Irish. Most of them regarded Northern Ireland as an unsatisfactory and even illegitimate state, believing that an independent and united Ireland was the natural order of things. The third and fourth elements involved were the British and Irish governments, whose actions had a far-reaching impact on the course and nature of the conflict. The British had settled the Protestant community in Northern Ireland in the 16th and 17th centuries with an aim of having a loyal population, a protection against the British. In order to consolidate their power in Northern Ireland, they actively discriminated against the Catholics. This came in the form of allocating jobs, housing and political rights. So the Catholics became minorities in a largely Protestant country, while their fellow Catholics in the Republic of Ireland enjoyed a majority. The political system was a first-past-the-post system, which always favoured the majority, especially when coupled with the reorganisation of voting zones. This stripped the Catholics of political power, and other policies meant that they did not make up any significant numbers in the judiciary, civil services, or the police. Even in the private sector, Protestants favoured other Protestants, systematically denying Catholics a fair chance of employment. This led to key cities like Belfast being divided along religious lines. Even today, a visit to Belfast along the Shankill and Falls Road makes this divide very clear. And nothing is more telling of this divide than what one witnesses every year on the 12th of July in the cities of Belfast and Derry. The 12th, or the Orange Man Day, is a celebration of the victory of Protestant King William of Orange over Catholic King James II in 1690. This led to the political dominance of the Protestants in Northern Ireland. So each year, on the night of 11 July, one would see bonfires which rise up as much as 200 feet into the air. These are meant to be celebrations as the Protestants march to the streets with bands. However, the Catholics see them as sectarian, triumphalist and supremacist. Each year, there is a mix of tension and celebration across Northern Ireland. For many of these Protestant marches, pass through predominantly Catholic neighbourhoods. Additionally, it's pretty common to see Irish-European flags being burnt in these bonfires, thereby making the entire celebration more political than cultural. The 12th July celebrations took place during the Troubles as well, and violence and deaths usually ensued. However, the repression of the Catholics meant that the landscape became ripe for a political movement. In 1967, there was an emergence of a civil rights movement which advocated primarily for one man, one vote. Since earlier systems did not allow renters or anyone living with their parents to vote, which excluded a large number of Catholics. One of the participants of the movement was the Irish Republican Army or the IRA. What started off as an organization to fight for Irish independence from the British in the early 1900s, morphed into a bunch of paramilitary organizations during the Troubles. They were recognized as a terrorist organization in Ireland and UK, and were responsible for a large part of violence during the Troubles. The equivalent paramilitary on the Protestant side were the Loyalist paramilitaries, the key being the UVF and UDA, who inflicted heavy violence resulting in deaths. So when O. Reardon in the song Zombie says, But you see, it's not me, it's not my family. She's distancing herself from the IRA, 
saying that I may be Irish, but neither I nor my family is the IRA. For most people, the Troubles were a terrible time in which a generation grew up not knowing peace or stability. They represented a lethal but fascinating time in Northern Ireland's history, witnessing not only death, injury and destruction, but also huge political and social change. The political landscape went through multiple ups and downs, with periods of peace suddenly punctured by brutal acts of violence. There were periods of political stalemate and negotiation, which lowered morale, and then suddenly there would be hope of peace, as any one of the parties took softer positions. This seesaw of hope and despair took a toll on the people on both sides. At the same time, they were trying to live normal lives. This is beautifully illustrated in the Netflix show Dairy Girls, set in the early 90s, which were the final years of the Troubles. It follows the lives of five teenagers living in Derry while they attended a Catholic high school. The friends frequently find themselves in absurd situations amid the political unrest and cultural divides of the times. The show has been a smash hit in Northern Ireland. The end of episode 5 in second season marks a milestone event. In 1994, the announcement of a ceasefire by the IRA, the second one in 25 years. As the news spreads, families are seen coming out into the streets with their teapots and celebrating this historic moment. And in the background, plays zombie. It's the same old theme since 1916. In your head, in your head, they are still fighting. With their tanks and their bombs and their bombs and their guns. In your head, in your head, they are dying. What started off in 1916 finally came to an end in 1998 with the signing of the Good Friday Agreement. It was put to a referendum in both Ireland and Northern Ireland and 71% of people voted in favour of the agreement. The mood across both the nations was not that of jubilation, but that of relief. Over 3,500 people had lost their lives in the decades past. Amongst the most poignant of them was that of Jim Seymour. He had been shot in 1973 and for 22 years lay in a hospital bed with a bullet in his head, apparently conscious but unable to move or speak. He was visited daily by his wife for those 22 years before he died at the age of 55. This ordeal was a reminder of the lasting suffering inflicted during the Troubles on so many families. In 2018, O'Riordan suddenly passed away while recording a song in London. Her death sent shockwaves through the music world, for she was only 46 years old. But there was one event which would have left O'Riordan satisfied. Colin Parry, the father of Tim Parry, the 12-year-old boy who died in the Warrington Blasts, discovered Zombie. He was completely unaware of the song. Colin said, After my wife told me, I watched the song and tried to listen to the words and then went on to download them to read. The words are majestic and very real. The event at Warrington, like so many events around these islands of Ireland and Great Britain, down the years, affected families in very real ways. People may have become immune to the pain and suffering so many people experienced through that armed campaign. To read the words written by an Irish band in such a compelling way was very, very powerful. Whether it was the catharsis of Colin Parry or the light-hearted show Dairy Girls that found critical and public acclaim in Northern Ireland, we must remember that in our darkest hours, art has the ability to touch 
soothe and heal us. The scars of our sorrows will seek the balm of art. And when that happens, we must embrace it. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM network. You can listen to us on the IBM podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IBM Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to reach out to me, I am Utsav Memory on Twitter and YV Travel 42 on Instagram. 